0: podcast where we're dealing with legal topics. I I probably shouldn't admit to stealing, but it's kind of what I feel like I'm doing today. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell back with you again for another detailed conversation in our weekly series. Uh, A few weeks ago, Attorney Heather Walzer spoke at the Financial Planning Association of Minnesota annual convention. And while I might guess that uh, the professionals in attendance there had to uh, Come up with a, a fee to attend that session. Uh, we're going to get the benefit of a visit from Heather today at no charge. So, while it seems a, a little larcenous to get her insights for free, I, I don't think any of us are going to complain as she shares her insights in discussing today the Illinois Healthcare Power of Attorney Act. Uh, a lot to cover. Let's get right to it, Heather. It's it's very nice to visit with you again. Thanks for taking the time.
1: Of course, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'll uh, I'll try to get you your money's worth today. <laughs>
0: Now, you know, we've spoken a number of times in the past about uh, different things related to estate plans, always stressing the, the importance of them. And accounting for the possibility of an individual being incapacitated, that's really what it serves. Can you take us through quickly the key elements of an estate plan that speak to that scenario in particular?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that is one of the biggest things we want to plan for is not just what's going to happen to your property when you die, but equally important, if not more so, is what's going to happen to you and also to your assets if you're incapacitated. So the way that we deal with that issue is primarily through two main documents. One is a power of attorney for health care, and the other is a power of attorney for property. So with both of those documents, you name someone, which we call an agent, to manage your financial and your health care matters, respectively, um, keeping your best interests in mind during any period in which you're incapacitated.
0: And assuming that someone gets the fact that that needs to be done, which we've tried to stress, um, then they get to the point where there's a lot of thought required to determine who needs to be designated to fill those particular roles. So when you get to that point, what, what should a person take into consideration when trying to make a decision about who to appoint?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a that is of paramount importance in looking at these documents. Um because setting up a power of attorney is obviously something that you need to do, but the person that you choose is vitally important. Um obviously they're going to have a high level of access to either in the case of a financial power of attorney to your assets or in the case of a healthcare power of attorney to your medical decisions, your medical records. So as you can imagine, it's vital that that person be, you know, at a minimum, trustworthy, organized, uh, you know, someone who's going to follow through on that commitment. Acting as an agent under a power of attorney, it can be complex, depending on the nature of the decisions that need to be made. It's going to require a high level of diligence and care on the part of the agent. And, you know, one thing to keep in mind, too, is that as you are choosing fiduciaries or agents, people to act in this role, you don't need to choose the same person for both. Um, the person mm-hmm. who would be best at handling your finances and making sure your bills are paid might not be the same person who's going to be best suited to deal with the doctors uh, and make mel- medical and health care decisions for you. So um, that's sort of my first broad brush point on that. The second point, so the, the first one is, you know, you don't always have to choose the same person. You need to choose the person who's going to be the best for the specific role. But second, you shouldn't. Sometimes I have clients who feel constrained by, well, I should choose my oldest child first. Not necessarily. You need to pick the person who independently is going to be the best choice to serve in that role. So that is the, that is sort of the biggest uh, the biggest issue to be cognizant of when you're making this decision.
0: And let's talk about it because if, if we're talking, let's first about the power of attorney for property. Certainly, we wish that um, whoever we choose knows our wishes and, and follows the things we'd like to be done. But regardless of what we want, what they want, aren't they bound by certain aspects of law to do certain things, regardless of what either of us want?
1: Yes, that's absolutely right. So um, under Illinois law, when you're acting as agent under a power of attorney for property, you have an affirmative duty to uphold particular legal responsibilities, um, and those those are just not negotiable. Um, so, uh, you know, first and foremost the agent's job is to do what the principal would reasonably expect the agent to do with the principal's money. So it sounds very straightforward, but it can be a little bit dicey. Um, you know, for example, if the principal, the principal is the person who names the agent and then subsequently becomes incapacitated. Let's say the principal had an established practice of always making gifts, you know, maybe to the grandchildren, $50 for every birthday. Um it sounds like a not very big deal, but part of what the agent's job is going to be to do is to determine, does it make sense to continue making these gifts? Um, you know, Is it a wise use of the principal's money to do so if maybe there are mounting health care costs or other problems going on? So that's that's sort of facet one, is doing what the principal would reasonably expect the agent to do with the money. So next and this is a big one, um, the agent always has to act in good faith interest of the principal. Um, so you've always got to be making those decisions. And that's where, like I said, that that duty of acting in good faith for the principal's best interest, it might override that that principal's established practice of making gifts to the grandkids. You know, if they've got big health care costs coming or, or bills, those types of things. Um, so that's, that's the overarching, biggest duty: acting in due faith, due, in good faith, um, mm-hmm. and to do that, you've got to use due care. So you can't be negligent. You've got to use competence, diligence. You can't just let things sit. You know, right. you, you've got to make sure everything gets taken care of, or you could, as the agent, be subject to liability for breach of the duty. Um, so, big, big, big supporting part of both of those two things, points one and two, keeping detailed, meticulous records. It's incredibly Good. important, um, incredibly important. Um, so that's th- those are sort of the big overarching um, responsibilities. Now, it gets a little trickier when you get down into the minutiae and the details of what those things actually mean, but those are the big points. And so as you can imagine, Naming somebody as a power of attorney for property, you've got to pick someone who's going to be able to manage all of those things at a high level.
0: And as you're doing that, as you're the agent and you're you're trying to keep records and keep things moving and and honor all the requests, uh, you know, it's it's no small task. One thing that I I know I've talked to you about and some of your colleagues in the past and other topics is, is hard is it might be you just simply cannot commingle those funds at all, right? You you simply can't say, well, I'll just pay it out of here for now. I'll, I'll get it back. I'll use it for this because I incurred this cost. I mean, part of the record-keeping and the behavior is just do not ever cross paths in terms of where the money comes from.
1: That's exactly right. You know, you've got to just treat it almost as if it's a business transaction and you are maintaining completely separate accounts. Um, It's an extra step, but it's absolutely necessary, 100%. And it can become a little tricky sometimes, especially when you're acting on behalf of a family member. You know, maybe it's a parent and, you know, you know that parent would have been happy to help you with you know your uh, a bill that was due that maybe you weren't able to pay but once you are acting as power of attorney you absolutely cannot cannot make those decisions you you cannot commingle the funds in any way it can it can get you into a lot of trouble in fact um the state of Illinois is actually prosecuting cases like this as elder abuse type cases um it, it's a statute uh regarding financial exploitation of the elderly and sometimes We've seen it. Some of the cases really are people who are acting under a power of attorney who just got a little bit out ahead mm-hmm. of what they should have been doing. So it's very serious.
0: Yeah, very, very, very difficult situation. Now, what we're talking to Heather Walzer of Lavelle Law, um, and as usual, she's providing great clarity and focus on, on a key topic here related to, to family law and estate planning. Um, I I really want to spend more time. We're going to run out, as usual, before we get to everything we want to do, so let me encourage you to visit LavelleLaw.com. You'll you'll find some articles there by Heather. Uh, She also completed a a recent video tutorial on estate planning that's up there, a lot more information. We've talked about power of attorney for property. Let's take a couple minutes to talk about power of attorney for health care. This gets even trickier, I would imagine, because there's a lot of emotions involved, but... At the end of the day, if you're the agent, you can't make decisions based on your emotions or what you think would be best. You've got to follow the guidelines established by the principal, and whatever it is they said they wanted done, you've got to act upon.
1: That's exactly right. So from the agent's standpoint, they should really be thinking about fulfilling the principal's wishes, not making an independent decision about here's what I think we should do, it really should be the agent saying, This is exactly what the principal would have wanted and I'm going to do it. So from the agent's standpoint, it's vital that they understand what the principal's wishes are. From the principal standpoint, so if you, the listener, are thinking about I need to get this finan or this healthcare power of attorney in place, you've got to take it upon yourself to discuss it with your agent. You know, if these are my wishes, these are certain, mm-hmm. you know, religious beliefs that I want to be respected. This is what I want to happen if I have this particular medical condition. It's really vitally important. Even though it's a difficult conversation to have, the most important thing is that everybody is on the same page, that what we're trying to accomplish here is implementing the principal's wishes, not doing what the agent wants. Um, it, it's it's just a vitally important point. And although it's a difficult conversation to have, I can say that you know, seeing it from the other side, it does make it a little bit easier on the agent when they're able to think back and say, "Okay, you know, Dad and I had this conversation. I know exactly what he would want me to do." And it helps to take a little bit of the pressure off during a difficult, difficult time.
0: Yeah, and, and we just a couple minutes left here, and we, we mentioned earlier um, abiding by certain statutes. You mentioned case law here in Illinois. Um in addition to that, I know responsibilities of the agent in, in healthcare situations were, I believe, amended this year in Illinois law. Can you kinda of walk us through some of those changes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the changes to the Power of Attorney for Healthcare Act uh took effect on January first of fifteen. Um and the, the primary differences are it, it it changed um who can witness the uh who can be a witness for the 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 document and also who can act in that way so it it broadened the name of the, who counts as a healthcare professional because one of the rules is that a healthcare professional really can't act as a witness uh, it, as, as the person is signing the power of attorney. So that's a big one. It's very important that you have these documents properly witnessed so that they will be effective and valid um, under the law. So in addition to that, um, there's a section in the power of attorney for health care that really tries to memorialize what the principal's wishes are concerning life-sustaining treatment. And that January 1st change in the law expanded on those definitions and just really kind of tried to make more explicit and better understanding of what the principal wants in terms of life-sustaining treatment at the end of life. So those are the big, the high-level issues that you need to be aware of. And frankly, they're things that make these powers of attorney difficult to do on your own. Um, They really require assistance from, from counsel to make sure that they're all done properly.
0: And and finally, just real quickly, as if all that weren't enough, is it true now that the agent is also responsible for disposition of the principal's remains? Should they pass away? That's another responsibility.
1: That is absolutely right. And it's an interesting little quirk in that the power of attorney for health care, you know, you are responsible for making health and medical decisions during the principal's life. But strangely enough, there is actually a, a law called the Illinois Disposition of Remains Act, that makes the power of attorney for healthcare responsible for ensuring that the um, once the principal passes away, his or her remains are are dealt with and you know properly managed at the end. So it's just an int- a very interesting kind of bizarre little quirk.
0: Well, if nothing else, I think Heather has once again made very clear the importance of choosing the right person to serve as an agent and also, of course, uh, outline the responsibilities one will encounter. But, again, the, the, the overriding theme, as always, is an estate plan is absolutely essential. And Heather Walzer of Lavelle Law is uh, certainly as is, is good a resource as you'll find on that. So, LavelleLaw.com or 847-705-7555. Thanks so much to Heather for being with us today.